Wherefore, I can stretch forth mine hands and hold all the creations which I have made. Moses 7.36 Hey Sarah, how are you? Hey Jess, so thrilled that we get to record another episode together. It's been a while. I know, I'm excited too. It's always good to chat. And I'm excited for this topic that we've chosen for today. Yeah, it was a good idea you had. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to discuss things that we feel we have learned from the mother. Things that we've learned since starting our journeys of Seeking Heavenly Mother that we feel she has put into our hearts and our minds. And we have some that we've chatted a little bit about kind of generally the topics or categories we might include, and they overlap a little bit. And I shared this scripture in Moses 7.36 with Sarah right before we started recording, and we realized that it kind of encompasses quite a few of the themes that we um, have been leaning towards. So that was exciting. Um, so do you want to start with one of the things that you feel she has been teaching you? Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'm going to jump right into the one that goes most directly with the scripture that you read, but I do think it'll be interesting to see how all of them kind of tie into this idea of just the mother having the capacity to hold all of the vast creation. Um, Awesome. But the thing that first comes to mind is kind of because it goes back to the beginning of my journey of finding Heavenly Mother and what that journey and that yearning was born out of. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. We've interviewed quite a few people by now who have expressed similar feelings that becoming a mother yourself often ignites this yearning to figure out who our Heavenly Mother is and to connect with her. Um, and for me, this goes a couple of different directions. One is it's also really ignited a passion for serving all other mothers. So not just figuring out my own journey as a mother, but also I work as a birth doula and I love empowering women, especially for first babies when they make this first transition and identity shift from maiden to mother, from single, I mean, not single often, they're normally married or partnered, but just you kind of exist more as a single entity before you grow another person inside of you and then give birth to it. Um, and having seen a lot of different ways that that can be handled in the medical system, it really lights a flame in me to make sure that that is a positive and empowering journey for the women who are taking it, especially as they step into motherhood for the first time, or if they've had negative experiences in the past. Um, Mm. This has all been tied up into just like, as I seek my identity as a divine daughter of Heavenly Mother, I feel more 
passion and drive and responsibility to connect with other women in that journey and ensure that they're, or hopefully influence their journeys to be more positive and empowering. Um, and there's a whole other direction I want to go with the motherhood thing too, but I want to hear what one of yours is mm-hmm. or any thoughts that you have, Jess. Well, that's beautiful. One thought that I had as you're finishing up um, your thoughts there was that word empowerment. I feel like probably no matter where our journey started or who's on it, you know, whether single, a mother, a man, whatever your identity, that's one of the fruits, I guess, that I've noticed from a lot of people is that this doctrine makes them feel empowered and learning about her gives this like, I don't know, this further affirmation that I am loved. I am enough. I'm okay. Just as I am. And so I love that you learning about her has encouraged you to want to help other women feel empowered in that space in particular. Uh, what a beautiful fruit. And I appreciate you widening that too, because I, I was talking specifically about the work that I do, the journey that I have been on. But yes, this is a, an empowering doctrine and understanding for people, regardless of their marital status, their parental status, their gender, their sexual orientation. Like, I really believe that this can be an empowering doctrine for all of our heavenly parents' children. I agree. And I think it is worth talking about the specific ways in which we have been empowered. And that can be eye-opening for others who might wonder, why is it important to talk about Heavenly Mother? You know, why do we need to expand on it? Why isn't it enough to just know that she exists? You know, when we think, well, there's this entire population who (laughs) might have felt small for a really long time or might not see their full purpose in motherhood or whatever the experience may be. Um, And so realizing those specific, some of those specific ways it can be empowering, I think is really beneficial. So, so I love that. Um, one of the first things that I noticed when I first started seeking Heavenly Mother intentionally was that I felt that she was urging me to feel all of my feelings. And I am a feeling bottler. I <laughs> can keep it in for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, of course we know that's not healthy, but it... I don't know. I didn't always see like a healthy way to express it or it just seemed inappropriate if I'm like in public or, or if I just didn't feel safe, you know, I was like, well, I just will keep this all inside. (laughs) But pretty quickly there, I realized like within a week or two of intentionally seeking her in the scriptures and otherwise, um, I just felt impressed by the spirit, like you need to allow yourself to feel and feel deeply. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to feel heavy at the end of a long day. And so that's something that I've been trying to do better and to allow myself to grieve when I need to grieve, to rejoice when I feel to rejoice. And so that's been a fun thing to feel that Heavenly Mother wants me to experience the full range of 
my humanity and my emotions. I love that because I feel like it points to her depth and, and variety and multiple perspectives. Sometimes I think we think of like, okay, God is perfect. So that means they are kind of one dimensional and like maybe only feel joy or whatever. But like the Givens book, The God Who Weeps really explores how our heavenly parents are feelers of feelings. And of course, she would invite her children to do the same thing and to recognize that life is not just a one dimensional experience and that feelings are okay and healthy and good to feel and figure out healthy ways to express and work through them. Yes, it's part of why we're here, right? It's part of yeah, the opportunity of living in a body is feeling all of that. And I'm glad that you brought up the word perfect. That's actually something that had been coming to mind as I was thinking about this episode was that I feel like my view of God has changed since including the mother in my perspective. I see the word perfect differently now. Mm. I think that... Yes, I think they want us to be perfect, but that doesn't mean what I used to think it meant. Like, I do everything right all the time and I'm perfectly obedient and never make a mistake, you know. Now I see it more as wholeness. And I think that that's mm. what Christ was expressing when he said, be therefore perfect. There's that other uh, translation or maybe it's the Bible dictionary. I don't know. I feel like there's a footnote that says something about mm -hmm. being whole. And that feels so much more attainable and so much more enjoyable to me. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. have to be a one-dimensional yeah. being, like you say. Yeah, I like that. Um, So my next thing I wanted to share is similar to what you're talking about with feeling all of your feelings and having multiple dimensions as a being, but specific to motherhood. On my little bulleted list, I wrote, there's so much more to motherhood. Um, I think that, if, I don't know exactly what perspective I grew up with or came from before I really shifted to focus more on studying Heavenly Mother, but I feel like I had more of a one-dimensional idea of what it means to be a mother and what a good mom looks like and what she does and whether she stays at home or works or whether she raises her voice at her children or doesn't, or <laughs> how she chooses to mother and how she chooses to spend her time each day. And um, I feel like as I've come to better know myself and incorporate my understanding of Heavenly Mother as deity, um, I think I recognize that that means like she's a god, then she's not just this one-dimensional, like, making dinner, wiping poopy diaper, poopy bums, like, doing, like, the check-the-box things that I maybe thought motherhood would be. But she has lived a full eternal life where she's discovered all of her talents and gifts and how she can use them to enrich her own life and the lives of others. And, um, and it, I think it's given me more space to recognize that, yes, I love my children and de their development and caring for them and loving for them will always be my highest priority. 
But there's also space in that for me to be chasing my dreams and figuring out who I am and like being an eternal student because I just like to collect degrees and <laughs> like doing work that lights my fire and that that is part of motherhood and that's part of womanhood and that's part of my eternal identity, like developing all of those different aspects of myself. Yes. And how amazing will that be for your children to have that example of look at mom. This is what a woman can be. She can be somebody who works and learns and studies and contributes and, and cooks dinner sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope too, that then seeing a variety of examples of earthly mothers helps us have more options for how we imagine our heavenly mother. Yes, I agree. Something that she's teaching us and that we can teach our children, right? Is that we can fill the measure of our creation, not yes. just focus on one little tiny aspect of ourselves. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I love that. So shortly after I had my third baby, this was about a year ago, I felt pulled to do a certain type of yoga. I didn't hardly even know what it was, but I just knew that I needed to do it. And so I found a yogi on YouTube who did that type and I signed up for a free five day abundance mm. challenge, I guess. And as I did it, she taught us about the goddess Lakshmi, um, an Indian goddess who is sitting on a lotus. And we got to do some meditations where we, we were basically Lakshmi sitting on this lotus. And we just imagine ourselves being surrounded by green and petals. And I think there were like coins everywhere and just abundance. Right. And just feeling like everything I need or want is right here with me and attainable. And I already have it. And that was a big focus of this was learning how to, to shift to an abundance mindset. And I've really liked that archetype of a female deity and how she's all about abundance and that's one thing that I, I tie to Heavenly Mother now is that she has plenty, plenty to give because she herself is full. Her cup is full. And so it spills out to all her children. And I just like that imagery. And it makes me think of like the tree of life and how there's enough fruit for everyone. You know, all who will may come and partake and I imagine her too as like a breastfeeding mother who just has plenty, you know, she doesn't run out. And so that's been another fun thing for me to link with her is that there's enough for me and I have enough to give. I love that when you were giving your examples of like a tree of life that just offers in plenty, it reminded me that we have a very abundant garden 
that we are always just like, neighbors, take our cherry tomatoes, take our grapes, take our basil. Like, we can't, we have so much, we need help in eating all of it. And then you talked about a breastfeeding mother, and it reminded me of a dream that I had just like two nights ago that um, there were like 10 babies lined up. (laughs) They weren't mine. They were with their mothers, but I think their mothers couldn't breastfeed for whatever reason. But there was just this line of like 10 women and their babies. And I was breastfeeding. Like I woke up after the first one, but the plan was that like I had so much milk to give and I was going to share it with each of these 10 hungry babies one after another. And I haven't breastfed for a long time. And I really was bummed that I woke up after just the first baby um. and I tried to go back to sleep and like finish breastfeeding all the babies but you know dreams don't often come back like that yeah. oh, but I so was sweet. just like oh I love just that image of just heavenly mother being like I am full of fruit or milk or goodness or whatever just like come and partake because I've <laughs> got so much to share um Yes. And can't you just picture her like that? Like beckoning the church? Like, come, I have a lot to offer. Let me expand your view a little bit here. Yeah. So your thought about abundance goes along with, of course, the scripture that we opened with and another thought I wanted to share, which I expressed to myself in my note to myself as her arms are wide enough to embrace all her children. Um, I feel like as I've better come to know Heavenly Mother and include her in my worship and my study, I've widened my view of like, oh, our Heavenly Parents love all of their children and I haven't been doing the best at loving some of them. Um, and so I feel like I, as I've learned more about her and our Heavenly Parents combined, I've grown in compassion and love for their LGBTQ plus children and for causes of social justice, caring for and trying to figure out how we can right the wrongs of the ages with racial discrimination and injustices that still continue in our nation after, you know, reverberating across the centuries from terrible, terrible things that, um, we did in the past, but I've seen this as like a twin awakening that as I've awakened to my understanding of Heavenly Mother, I've also been more aware of all of her children that have been pushed to the margins and not given the full, not that we haven't been as her hands offering the full measure of her love. I Her love has always extended to all of them, but in many ways we haven't been doing our part to extend it as her hands. Yes, I agree. We haven't, yeah, tapped into it. That's so important. I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think she's the epitome of a mama bear, right? Like if her love is perfect and all encompassing and, you know, we talk about the father's love being greater than we can imagine. And that's the word I'm looking for. It starts with a C, I think. 
Anyways. But he loves unconditionally. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. He loves unconditionally, and obviously our mother does too. And looking at my own mother, she oh, she loves her kids so much. And my aunts and um, the, the moms that I have the privilege of knowing who are in a generation above me, many of them have at least one child who has come out as LGBTQ in the last five or so years. And to see those moms just step into their mama bear mode Mm -hmm. has been really powerful for me. Like they will fight for their kids and they, they want them to be loved and included and seen. And so of course, of course their heavenly mother would be the ultimate example of that. Mm -hmm. So what a blessing to have the opportunity Yeah, I'm sure her heart just breaks to see the way that we treat each other sometimes um, out of love for those that are hurt and out of love for those who are hurt doing the hurting. But when we seek her, I think she invites us to to see that hurt and do whatever we can to try to heal it. Which is a life's work that I'm figuring out and so imperfect at, but figuring out a little bit at a time. Well, you're a good example of that. And I've appreciated some of the things that you have shared over on your doula work about like just sharing some of the statistics of birth care uh, for white versus black mothers and how their care is different and that needs to change and Mm -hmm. just kind of highlighting some of the problems, I think is such a good first step. And I've learned a lot from you sharing those things. So I, I see your, your, your work and I appreciate it. And I'm sure heavenly mother does too. And that any little step we take towards righting those wrongs is, is a step. Yeah, it's a in this conversation is a an invitation and a reminder to me to keep keep doing it to rededicate to it. Keep keep moving forward. Yes. Shifting a little bit maybe. One of the things that's been huge for me over the past several years again like this twin awakening, except I think we're up to like quintuplets now or something (laughs) Um, of as my understanding of heavenly mother has grown, the way that we care for mother earth is just like, it sits heavily on my heart and is something I'm just so passionate about. Um, because I really feel like the earth is a mirror of our heavenly mother. Like there's a reason we call it mother earth. There are a lot of the same attributes and there are a lot of things in the natural world that are symbols of her and reminders of her. And I see this parallel often in the way that as a society, we have become just so thoughtless in the way that we care for mother earth. And I can't help but think that that is tied to 
the lack of understanding and relationship we have on a societal level of our heavenly mother. Um, so I feel really passionate about things like recycling and minimizing driving and minimizing consuming. I, these again are like habits that you have to first become aware of and then figure out what steps you can take to overcome them and figure out what works in your current life stage and stuff. But, um, I really feel like when we better care for the earth that we've been given by our heavenly parents, then it opens the invitation to get to know them better and receive their abundance more. I love that. I love that. I think they've set this earth up in such a way that it can sustain itself. And if we lean into the earth's natural cycles and processes and help the earth, then there can be this beautiful relationship between us and her. I watched recently a documentary on YouTube that was done in the eighties called goddess remembered. Mm. And it talked about some of the like prehistoric peoples who lived on the earth and their well, number one, I thought it was really fascinating. They worshiped a goddess. Um, they have enough evidence to believe that, um, that was like their primary symbol of worship was a goddess and nature. And they lived in harmony with the earth and like the cities that they have found didn't have defensive structures. So they know these people were not warring. Um, but they were peaceable and, it talked about how they had like this, there was a oneness, a unity between their deity and them and them and the earth. And it was just such a beautiful, a beautiful thing to think about is that, yeah, when we treat the earth well, she treats us well and all are benefited. And I think that goes back to, to this abundance mindset where if I can stop focusing on my consumption and getting, yeah. <laughs> but instead focus mm. on like, how do I have enough and how can I create, you know, how can I like your, your garden, how can I add and give rather than like focusing on taking, um, it's a huge and yet easy change. Yeah, and I think that when we shift that way too, that the getting is more like receiving, which feels a lot more mindful to me mm-hmm. that like I am receiving of the abundance of the earth. And I, you do that with gratitude and mindfulness and, and a commitment to be involved and to give back and to be part of this cycle rather than just like get and take and get and take that just feels very isolated. Yes, I love that. Such good thoughts. So I feel like so many of these really do tie into that scripture of I can hold all of my creations. I can hold all of my children. I love them all. They're all mine. And and I want each of you to be able to hold all of your own feelings and experiences and to just totally embody 
whatever comes your way and and feel it and let it go through you. And also like the the earth, she can hold her physical creations. She's able to sustain them and uphold them. And when we help her out with that process, <laughs> it can continue. It can be this perpetual cycle of receiving. I love that you use that word instead of getting. It does sound nicer, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds much nicer. <laughs> Was there anything else that you had on that note, on that list that you wanted to add? I want to talk about another of her creations, which is us and our bodies. Ooh. Um, I think that, I don't know that this has been a shift so much, but just kind of an, an awareness of my body is good and beautiful. I am made in her image and I am not perfect at this body self image can be such a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, there have been times when I've looked at my stretch marks and rather than wanting to get rid of them, thought, wow, I can stretch to a whole life inside of me. Like my body is so cool. <laughs> um, and also again, I am not saying that I feel this way all the time and that I have certainly habits to overcome mentally in my perception of my own body. But there have also been times when I've felt like I can embrace whatever soft parts of my body there are. Instead of feeling like the standard of beauty is like firm and fit and tight muscles, my body is soft because it has, I don't like space to land, right? Like that I'm imagine that I w wouldn't want like a firm mother, you know, <laughs> you want a, a soft, accommodating, beautiful mother. And I think too, that I often have found a connection with like my yoga practice or my walks or my hikes, moving my body through space and time and just feeling grateful for this creation has tied me to heavenly mother. That's beautiful. I've appreciated my soft spots too, as I've become a mother and appreciated having a cushiony belly and breasts and place for them to rest. But I have to say when I'm, you know, further post having babies and before having babies, I'm pretty bony. And so I just want to throw out there too, like, however you oh, are yeah. as a person, you were created by the parents and they made you that way, so we should celebrate. Short, tall, however you are. Yes, is yes. Good. <laughs> Bony, soft, <laughs> yes. whatever it may be. Thank you. <laughs> Just for all the bony people out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I agree, and I've loved the. I've loved what I've learned this summer about body image from accounts like Beauty Redefined who talk about how it, it really doesn't matter what we look like. We're not objects to just please, but we have been given these bodies for so we can, again, live life and experience the fullness of joy. So that's a really 
empowering thought to me too is that I have this body so that I can experience everything that I came here to and that's you know swimming and dancing and sometimes falling and learning what each of those things feels like and then the relationships that we can have with other people and like the ability to comfort and love and just those are such amazing gifts that we've been given so I'm glad that you shared that point too. I feel like I want to point out as we're closing um, that I have loved this conversation and preparing for it and the opportunity that it's given me to reflect on what are the things that I've learned. And I've really enjoyed talking with you, Jess, and feeling kind of this sense of, like, it, it feels good and complete and just uplifting to have these conversations. Um, I do feel like one of the, maybe it is a gift or an invitation or a call that has come with seeking heavenly mother has been that I don't often feel this peaceful, satisfied, like just basking in the knowledge that I've been given, I feel always like there's this pull for more, um, for her to be better recognized in church spaces, for her to be more talked about in other places besides this podcast, where's, which is a very <laughs> safe and wonderful space for me to talk about her with you. Um, and I've found what those other spaces are, but um, I guess just acknowledging that the journey hasn't always been like, oh, I just feel abundance and, and fullness and enlightenment all the time. A lot of times it feels like frustration, yeah. irritation, and no, like it's not helpful to dwell on those things, but I think it's important to acknowledge that that's part of the journey too. Definitely. And you're not, nor you're not abnormal if that's what you're feeling. Right. Right. <laughs> Definitely. I agree with you there. And I think like the phrase that comes to mind is no woman is an Island, right? Like I can, yeah. I can have learned all these things within myself, but as soon as I look around, as soon as I step out side of myself, I see, Oh, <laughs> as a whole, we have not implemented her. And we, as a people, as a world, are not honoring these things that I feel like she's trying to teach me personally. Mm -hmm. And that is a double-edged sword, right? It's, it's painful, but it's also like very motivating to, okay, we right. gotta keep doing this work. Yeah. And sometimes those feelings of discomfort or dissatisfaction or discouragement cause me to forget the things that I have learned and like the reason I want to be sharing her. Um, so I invite anybody who's listening to find a buddy <laughs> to have these sorts of conversations with so that you can remind yourself and each other of the lessons that you're learning in your journey for the mother and that you are together in the journey Yes, 
one of the fun things about ha- having this more public uh, venue to talk about her and having an Instagram account where I primarily share about her is that people will send me messages sometimes. And I'll be honest with you, the past couple of days have been <laughs> the discouraging, frustrating um, experiences for me personally. And like, I, I even wonder too, if like leading up to sharing something like this podcast, yeah, you know, we're bombarded a little bit more. Um, but it's been such a joy for me to have places where, um, people sometimes message me and it like, oh, it buoys me up so much when I get these kinds of texts or messages about people who have an experience with the mother or they read a scripture and say, you know, I felt to change it to her and it just lit me up. And every time somebody shares something like that with me, I am inspired by what they share and by the fact that so many are seeking and wanting this. And I think, you know, the doctrine itself is good. It's edifying. It's pure. It's needed. And the fact that it's not central and it's not fully incorporated is what is so hard. That friction, that tension, that dissonance is really painful. Um, maybe I'll actually share something that a follower sent with me that was really (sighs) gratifying to me that I read just tonight before we recorded this. She said that she was reading the come follow me for DNC 88 and her mind automatically changed a few words to her. So she sent me this verse 49 and 50. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth her not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when you shall comprehend even God, being quickened in her and by her. Then shall ye know that ye have seen me, that I am, that I am the true light that is in you, and that you are in me, otherwise ye could not abound. I think that fits so perfectly with what we're talking about too. And just, it was really something that I needed to hear. And it's, it's kind of amazing, right? How she's been hidden in plain sight (laughs) from us. It's so like seemingly difficult to find her anywhere. And yet when you do, it -hmm. just fills the soul anyways, I had to share that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having these conversations with me. I'm glad we both pushed through the last couple of days of like, oh, I should just cancel this conversation because it's just maybe I'm not in the right mood or headspace. Yeah, me too. It's always good. I agree. These conversations are amazing. And if anybody else is feeling the pull to come and share something, please reach out to Sarah or I and we would love to interview you and shout out from the rooftops. Also, if there is an episode that you, that just really resonated with you or taught you something new, please share it. The more, the more people we can have feel this, this hungering, 
you know, whether or not they feel it themselves, I think the more space will be made for people like us in the church. And then the more we can have our hearts soften and open to her. So a couple invitations there. Yeah. I'm going to throw maybe two more in. All right. <laughs> Some people can keep track of them. Another is to write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you've had an episode that you've learned, loved, if you've learned anything, if you have any feedback, um, it just helps people stumble upon us accidentally. <laughs> and we are really wanting to have more and more people thinking regularly, every Sunday at least, when a new episode comes out about Heavenly Mother and how we can seek and celebrate her. Um, and if you're looking for a community to have these sorts of conversations with, go to Instagram. If you don't have an account, make one for this purpose. Yep, it's worth and, it. <laughs> yes, follow Jess at her.scriptures. Follow me, my.mother.is.the.queen. And once you're in there, then you'll see all the other accounts that I could list off a dozen more that um, we're having these kinds of conversations every day. So come join us over there. Yeah, there are some female scholars who are sharing really cool like etymology insights and all kinds of things that they find from other scholars. And there, there's a whole world of goodness there. So it really is worth it, even if you're just making the account just for the purpose of seeking Heavenly Mother. <laughs> Do it. Well, thanks, Sarah. This has been great. Yeah, thanks, Jess. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. We love this community and would be thrilled to hear from you. Please leave us a review. If you would like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents on up to $9.99 at anchor.fm slash inherimage slash support. We hope you'll subscribe and join us again next Sunday for another inspiring episode. <laughs>